The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 37th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my two co-hosts today, Scott Klein and Hunter Evans. We're coming at you with a condensed version of the Gen Jag podcast. We normally do about an hour. We're only doing 30 minutes due to some technical difficulties. We had some recording errors that we uh, screwed up on, but we won't bore you with that. Um, we've got a lot, of get, a lot to get into. Dante Fowler was arrested last night. Uh, Gary Barnage is going vi- to visit the Jaguars next week. And we've also got rookies reporting to training camp today. And um, we're going to take a look at some of those rookies and maybe some undrafted free agent rookies that can make an impact for the Jaguars. Now, you can follow my co-host Scott Klein at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. Hunter Evans at Hunter, or at Coach H underscore Evans, excuse me. There we go. And uh, follow me at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to check out GenJag.com, all the latest news and analysis on the Jaguars. And uh, make sure to check Gen Jag out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our sponsors, Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And make sure to check out their location downtown. You can also check out their original tap room on Roselle and Riverside. So we've got some fun stuff to get into here. It's not the best news. Dante (laughs) Fowler, we've already talked about this quite a bit, but Dante Fowler was arrested on simple battery and assault Tuesday night. He was released Wednesday morning today on a $650 bond at 1.43 a.m. He hit a 50-something-year-old man, stomped on his glasses, and threw his groceries in the lake. Now, this was in an apartment complex. Apparently, Dante Fowler was probably driving a little bit erratically through the complex. He's been cited for 10 traffic violations over the last couple of seasons. So, How does he still have a license? I don't know, but this old That's guy... That's unreal. I say old, 50-something is really not old. But this 50-something-year-old dude, I guess, busses at Dante. And uh, Dante gets out of his car and proceeds to bully him up a little bit. And then throw his groceries. What an evil, evil. Man. Yeah, who, who throws who throws groceries? Honestly, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, y'all know how I feel about it. I think it got blown out proportion a little bit. It's a little bit too big of a deal than it really is, but that's the nature of the world we live in. Um, he's got a you know simple fact is he's got to grow up a little bit, stop being immature on stupid little things, and go out and play football like he should be, not like you know. I, I, I agree to that statement in a vacuum. This one incident, it's, yeah, somebody was probably yelling at him, cursing at him, whatever. He got hot. 
things got, you know, overdone. But then there's some other background yes. information that so, kind of <laughs> adds to it. Another arrest that was previously unrevealed until today, even though it happened in March of 2016, 17 days after TMZ released a video of Dante Fowler watching his baby mama and his girlfriend duke it out <laughs> in, in an apartment complex. Uh, obviously, that was a tough situation. You don't want Dante to get in there and oh, yeah, harm either of the women. Assault charges yeah. on a uh, domestic abuse. But you combine that with the arrest for uh, assault against police slash EMT in March of 2016, 17, 17 days after that video came out. The 10 traffic violations, 98 going 98 and a 55, he was pulled over for... Plenty of people do that. JTB and 295, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> now, none of these incidents, as Hunter said, on their own, in a vacuum, are a big deal. But looking at all of them together, it's just a pattern of immaturity and recklessness. Well, you just look like a fool. Like, that's, to me, what I take away is you look like an immature child. You don't look like a professional athlete or like a professional anything. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I uh, say that about looking like a child. I, I, it reminds me of my kids. I never blame them for doing something wrong. I blame them for not correcting their mistake. Yeah, and doing it again. You can take the first mistake. It's, Usually, it's it, yeah. two, three, four, five times. You know, after that, but like. You cannot survive in today's world as any professional of any kind working as a professional athlete all the way down to flipping a burger if you are an absolute child. You're yeah. going to get fired, and people are going to forget about you. Yeah. So, like, grow up. at that, yeah. you know. Now, one thing that this is getting kind of turned into this story is, oh, he's going to be a bust, which that narrative has already been written by many in the Jacksonville community, that he's going to be a bust or that he's already labeled as a bust. This has nothing to do with football. No. Now, his maturity level does have to do with football, mm-hmm. but his off-the-field inc- incidents don't. You know, There's plenty of players that are immature off the field that can get it together on the field. Obviously, you want him to be able to do both as a former first-round pick, third overall pick. Yeah, look, I mean, look at Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. He's getting ran through the news right now, but guess what? He's still probably the best running back in the league, so it probably won't be talked about for very long. It just seems like it's a narrative that people can latch onto and kind of push their he's a bust. It's easy. It bolsters their argument. Yeah, and that gets annoying. Very annoying. (laughs) Yeah. No question about it. Like, we get it. it. You said he's a bust. (laughs) Now, in terms of on-field, it could affect this season. He might get disciplinary action from the NFL, we don't know. Certainly, if it was only the incident that happened Tuesday night, you would think there would be no disciplinary action. But you've got all these things piled on top of each other now, including an arrest that no one knew about until today that happened in March of 2016. Well, none of us knew. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Dante. Yeah. <laughs> and the cop that he yeah. swung at. Yeah. So... It's a, it's a rough situation for Dante. He could get an NFL disciplinary action in terms of maybe a couple games. I would be surprised if it was more than a couple games. I'll be surprised if he gets suspended at all, yeah. honestly. But the NFL will release a statement about it. We'll see what happens. The Jaguars released a statement about it that basically didn't say anything. 
he'll we acknowledge this. We've been in contact with Dante. We have no further comment. What do you what do you say? Dante's an cut it out. If you play better on the field, this wouldn't be a better you know a bigger issue. So I mean, what do you what are they supposed to say? Yeah, I mean certainly they already keep everything in house now with Coughlin there. So but certainly this just does not vibe with the culture Tom Coughlin's trying to create with just guys that are all about football all the time. Maybe that's why they're win, not win, win. Much, you know, yeah, Behind I mean, closed doors, God only knows what's going on. Yeah, gosh. Dave Caldwell and Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin drove down. to be shaking their heads. Paid the bail himself. And <laughs> the $650. <laughs> you're, you're coming with me. We're, we're going back to everybody. It's time yeah. we had a little talk, Dante. <laughs> you know, it's really rough. Obviously, he's going to get scorned. He deserves to be um, he deserves to be embarrassed, and uh, he he really deserves to be talked about and looked at in a negative light in terms of his maturity. There's no question about it. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but he is an immature person. Well, that's obvious. He I mean, needs you, to get you to hand it. somebody that's 20 years old a couple million dollars and pretty much give them free reigns. They're probably going to be immature. Not yeah. many kids are. Would would you have been? Yeah, no. <laughs> so I mean, you give me twenty four million dollars yeah. to twenty one, man, I'm untouchable. I think I'm the king of the world. I just think you got to take everything that these guys do with a grain of salt. Don't hold them to the pedestal that people do hold them to, and just you know understand that they are kids playing a sport, a game, for our entertainment. Like at, that's where it ends. Like what they do in their free time is their it's their life. If they want to ruin it. They're, they're no different than you or me, other than the fact that they make they, millions. They have God-given abilities yeah. that I can only dream of. They're human. Yeah, and obviously, a lot of these guys come from different cultural backgrounds yeah. than all of us do. Now, this obviously is all off the field talk. On the field, prior to this story happening today, it felt almost as if Fowler had a little bit of momentum. Yeah. going into training camp. You know, you heard all this talk from Calais Campbell about Fowler being the best athlete on the field, how he's just a freak. You saw talk about Dante really trying to hone in his craft. You heard a little bit more about maturity from his coaches this offseason, even though in the past they had talked about how his maturity level needed to rise. You heard some positive talk, and then it all just comes... <laughs> Okay. Comes crashing up, down. Crashing down, right. absolutely. It's it's rough for Dante. And what, two days before training camp? Like, yeah. come on, man. And and we talked about this a little bit before. It just seems like every year something happens with some Jaguar players right before training camp. Buying Some something with bubble gum. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Grotz tried to buy buy some crap at uh the gas station a couple years ago with bubble gum. He was so drunk. <laughs> and you get Denard Robinson there. driving into a uh, falling asleep retention pond yeah. at, at, while he was asleep at the wheel uh, over at uh, Southside South and Beach Boulevard. Yeah. And uh, you just see this stuff all the time from the Jaguars. I mean, that doesn't include any of the crap you see with players that flamed out that should have been superstars. Yeah. Justin, Justin Blackman, yeah. uh, the list goes on and on. It really is frustrating as Jaguar fans. And that's part of the reason I think that people react so strongly to things like this. Because every time you see this with Jaguar players where there's a couple of off-the-field incidents, it spirals out of control. Yeah, it goes up. Here we go again. When are we ever going to get the undrafted guy doing this stuff? We've had three, you know, first picks. 
first round picks. But the problem is, is that they're undrafted guys. You just cut them. That's no one I'm hears saying. about them. When are we gonna get that? We get Dante <laughs> Fowler. We get you know Justin Blackman. We get uh, oh, Reggie Matt Williams, Jones, Matt Jones, Reggie RJ Williams. Sauer. Yeah. When when is our time to get the undrafted free agent from Eastern Mississippi? We drafted him. We drafted him. Uh, right. Uh, that's the thing. But it's like it's just. We keep being such. I don't know if it's bad guys. luck or what. Well, Obviously, with because well, it's had, an old regime, but with Justin Blackman, there's and, other teams that were at the bars checking out yeah. what Justin Blackman's doing. We didn't do that. Obviously, Gene well, Smith was at the top of the organization then. Well, he might have been at the bar with Justin Blackman, yeah, or he, he knew and <laughs> drunk with him, or, or he knew what was going on and said, "This yeah, guy can play." Um, and he, then he with the other guys, there was signs. The guy that had the least amount of signs, I guess, was probably Reggie Williams. Yeah. Even yeah. though you could tell he had a little bit of a crazy personality <laughs> just seeing him talk. Matt Jones, they knew about his issues he off the field. He had an alter ego coming out of yeah. college. Hey, you know what? <laughs> his coach, Gator don't play no <laughs> His Arkansas coaches told you know Jacksonville scouts and coaches about the whole alter ego thing going hey, on. And they still went ahead with it. It, that's not the dumbest decision they've ever made. They drafted a guy that played quarterback to play receiver as their first pick. I mean, yeah. that's probably the dumbest part of the whole pick. So yeah. The thing is, though, he was good. No, he wasn't bad. <laughs> he was a good receiver. A little bit of that white lightning, just, you know. <laughs> I mean, he had the talent to be a very, very good receiver in the NFL. Yeah, he would have been a decent receiver. Like, if he was a guy that could have stayed on the field for 10 seasons, you know. Yeah, there's He's a no guy problem. that probably makes a couple of Pro Bowls. Yeah. Same thing with Justin Blackman and you know. Well, Blackman is probably a Hall of Fame type guy yeah. if he stays healthy or if he stays it's, clean. <laughs> it's just another day in a Jaguar fan's life. Yeah, it's rough for Jaguar fans. It's rough for Dante Fowler. I'd love to just uh, be a fly on the wall wherever Tom Coughlin is right now. Oh God, no, I would not. <laughs> you might get hit with something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's no flies in here. Where's the pest control? Uh, pest control's not winning in that no. in that room right there. Now Gary Barnage. On an exciting note, Do on it. a negative note, Gary Barnage is going to visit the Jaguars next week, Tuesday, July 25th, which is two days before training camp starts. So it's like, if you're going to sign him, you want to sign him right then and there. Get him in there and get yeah. him ready to start playing. You know, hopefully right when training camps gets going. He's 31 years old. Obviously, that's not ideal in terms of age. But at this point, the Jaguars have spent so much time and capital trying to get these young players. Go get a veteran. He's an effective receiver. He's an effective blocker. Uh, He's a guy that last year, even with terrible quarterback play, and I do mean terrible, he he caught 55 balls for 612 yards and... He only scored two touchdowns, but... They had a quarterback? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Season before that, their quarterback play was a little bit more consistent, even though they did have different guys throwing the ball. They played a little, a little bit of a higher level. He had 79 catches, nine touchdowns, and made it to the Pro Bowl. So he's a guy that... He's the starter if he's signed. Yeah. He's the starting tight end. He's yeah. better than Marcellus. He's your every Lewis. down tight end. Yeah. He's a balanced tight end, uh... Mercedes is a better blocker, probably. Koyak is balanced, but he's not as good at either receiving and or blocking. He's as, not quite there yeah. as uh, 
Gary Barnage, and then you've got Sterling, who's just purely a receiver. Well, I think Barnage getting and signed. And Rivera. Excuse me. Yeah, we always forget Barnage getting Rivera. signed kind of makes it difficult for Rivera and for um, Sterling. Yeah. I think Because they're more I, so receivers yeah. than balanced and, tight ends. And I think you keep three tight ends with a fullback addition. So, you know. Yeah. But I'd say sign him. I mean, 6'6", 250. Decent player everywhere, decent age. I would say know. he's better than decent yeah. at receiving. Probably decent well, at blocking. I'm not yeah. saying decent as a bad thing. Like he, he's your blue collar, he's going to get the job done kind of tight end. And there's nothing wrong with to him. Me, it kind but of, he's also a safety net for Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles needs as many safety nets as he can because he jumps and sometimes his, you know, goes way over here. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know where he's going to land. That's to, right. To me, it, it just feels like it's about time. We've been talking about him all season. There's a clear need, you know. It just it just feels like yeah, I it's mean, kind of a match. It, we published in a blog post months ago about uh, the Jaguars talking to Gary Barnage and how they should sign him, and I think everybody did. They absolutely should. I don't know how he's still in the open market with what he's got to offer. It might be his plan. He's like, hey, I don't want to go to OTAs. I don't want to deal with all that nonsense. I'm a veteran. There's when plenty of veterans that have done that. In the when Trady Kim no, no. comes around, I'm, I'm, I'm free. Ready his, to go. His yeah. agent might have sent that out. Like he doesn't want to be signed right now. And he's you been visiting teams. Know. You know, he's been going around. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see next Tuesday. So we'll have that ready for the next podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that podcast will come out right before training camp uh, starts. Open training yeah. camp starts. And we'll certainly be out there. Hopefully we'll see some Gen Jag listeners out there. If you're uh, out there and you see us, I'll be the guy with the big beard and the Gen Jag gear on. So come say hi to me if you are uh, got anything nice to say. If you don't, don't say anything at all. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You can come see these hands. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Kai> Sante. <laughs> That's right. So, Barnage, somehow still on the open market. We mentioned this earlier. Uh, when we were talking uh, off air, how the hell did the Patriots not sign him? Yet? Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like a match made. That he would be their fourth tight end, and he'd rack up like seven hundred yards. He'd be perfect. <laughs> he would. So good for the Jaguars, though. They really, if they don't sign him, I'm gonna have a real issue. Yeah, I will. Why do you not sign this? Guy? I'm gonna have a real issue when we don't sign him, and the Patriots do sign him. <laughs> yeah, they're listening to the podcast. They're like, oh, oh my God, we forgot about it. Belichick's sitting there doing something. He's like, oh, that's what we forgot to do. <laughs> There's something too busy planning another Super Bowl ring design. You know? Yeah. Well, isn't don't isn't there um, what was their comeback? It was twenty-eight to three, so there's two hundred eighty-three diamonds in it, or yeah. something. Oh, and then they also put like a certain there was a certain time or something, so they put like yeah. it was crazy. That's just dumb. <laughs> Whatever you won, don't be petty. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna be petty because they get so much shade thrown at them. Yeah, they really do. Oh, and let them be petty. They're the most blue-collar team in the NFL with like the most random coach who wears cut-off hoodies and a came quarterback, Navy. a quarterback that should have <laughs> yeah. never made it. Three white receivers that are just anomalies, and, and a, bunch, a tight end that drinks and parties way too much for the normal, and person. and their defense <laughs> that is not really ever good. But they, they, but they, they get, get they the job done. Let them be what they want to be. Rob Ninkovich, their defense has some stuff. They're, they're solid. I agree. Um, is their defense ever going to be world beater? Last year, I would argue they were good. That was probably the best defense they've had. 
well, since the early days of that's, Brady and that's Belichick. That's what I'm saying. With, but you know, back in the day, they had they Brady, had Steve, yeah, Ty yeah, Law, awesome freaking Richard Seymour. They had, they had a... You know, they're in the, they're in the top half of the league, but I mean, but they, yeah, they were. Let them be petty. Let them yeah. do whatever they want. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into our rookies. The rookies reported to camp today. Quarterbacks report Friday, and the rest of the team will join them next week. Uh, we're going to look at the the rookies that were drafted by the team, and then we'll look at some undrafted free agents that we think could have a shot at making the team or potentially being signed to the practice squad and maybe making the team down the road. So Leonard Fournette, first-round pick, running back, he's a lock to make the team. He's a lock to be the Jaguars starter. He's a lock to get the most touches on the offense besides the quarterback. In the center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, lock. I mean, really, every draft pick, I think we all agree, are locks. For the most part. Um, Maybe what? Yeah. The fullback? Marquez is kind of a question, but... Myrick might only be... A lock because of the depth issue. Right. Yeah, out of out of by default. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, at the at the base of everything, we I mean, we can all agree, maybe other than Marquez, that they're all locks. And, yeah, and as you've talked about in previous podcasts, and we've we've all discussed it, you don't draft a fullback unless you're confident. That he's right, the guy. because you're passing up another position where you know fullback is a position you can get it <laughs> yeah. under after free agency. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So they're they're confident in him. It seems like he definitely would make it. But Bohannon, Tommy Bohannon, his competition at fullback is no slouch. No. He's been a starter. He blocked for Chris Ivory for Chris Ivory's best seasons. And uh in the second round, you have Cam Robinson. Obviously, the rest of these guys we're going to talk about that are rookies drafted are locks to make the team. Robinson's not a lock to start. We'd like to see him start at left guard. I mean, I would be fine if he started at right tackle. I don't yeah. really care. But it doesn't seem like that's likely with Parnell entrenched over at right tackle. Uh, but he's a guy that you would think is one of the five best offensive linemen on the team right now, which means you want to have him on the field. He should be one of the top two or three. Right. He absolutely should be. Yeah, behind, behind Linder and maybe Albert, he very well might be. The he should be the top. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> now, Dwayne Smoot, the third-round pick, he was a surprise pick. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I was surprised. I don't know anybody that wasn't surprised about the pick. Plenty of people thought Smoot was talented to be up there, but no one thought the Jaguars would be drafting yeah. him. Jack, they're thinking, you know, I was thinking offensive line, tight end. Uh-huh. But Wentworth Smoot, he's a guy that's got more natural pass rush ability than Dante Fowler, obviously. Just watch the tape. He's got good size. He can play. He'll start out as a backup strong side end to Calais Campbell, but he can play probably strong side end, probably the other end position because of his pass rush ability, and maybe even a little three-tech, like I suggested before. I think he's just a slightly bigger, more... Less of a natural natural athlete, more of a natural football player than yeah. Dante Fowler. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's not the athlete that no, Fowler is. No, but I think when it comes to the pass rush and the position that he's playing, he's more of a natural fit there. Yeah. Um, not just a dude you're throwing there. So, I mean, I think he's going to be a good player. Yeah. Now, the next pick, obviously, was the most contentious pick in the whole draft, maybe. It, it's, we had, it had a, our group text scratching our heads the most. Yeah. <laughs> Didi Westbrook. 
wide receiver, best wide receiver in football last year in college, Bolitnikov Award winner. He was a Heisman finalist. He's so fast. He's so fast. <laughs> he's so fast. And so quick. Yeah. And he's got the great sa- route running savvy. He's just got that feel for route running. Well, I mean, when you're going that fast, like, you got to respect it. Yeah. And some of his routes, I mean. His you know. subtle change of direction yeah. is what gets me the most. Well, it's, it's the fact that when he changes directions, he's pretty much going five yards. So you have to go with him. But then so he, so quickly, he's just like, it's amazing to watch his film. Now, he's the only one that we were counting as a lock. That he he's could, like, he, he could not make the team if anything often happens off the field. He's a lock that they haven't taken the key out of yet. We're locking so. it. We still got a couple weeks. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to keep the key right here in our pocket just in case. Yeah, so hopefully he can keep his nose clean off the field. It seems like, I mean, since he's been here, you haven't heard anything negative about him, but all you heard was negative stuff before he got here. So yeah, I mean, I've heard weird. nothing, but you know, he's gone back out to Norman and and hosting football camps and yeah. you know, get, like getting back to Justin Blackman and hosting stuff. football camp too. Oh, all right, <laughs> so let's not go Continue. there. Blair Sorry. Brown, fifth round pick, yes. he's a lock to make the team. Yes. Absolutely, uh, he's going to be Telvin Smith's primary backup. He could potentially be Telvin Smith's replacement if the Jaguars decide not to bring Telvin Smith back next year. He'll be a special teams guy, too. Yeah, which he's, would be he's awesome. fast. He's a fast guy. And that, people compare him to Telvin Smith, but he's actually bigger than Telvin Smith and just Both as fast. Years. He's not tall and lanky. He is not taller. Right, no. no he, that is. He's kind when of I say short. bigger, that's what I mean. And he's kind of a weird, he's kind of a weird <laughs> will. Like, he doesn't really fit. But he's, he's, like a, he's a tweener. He's fast. Yeah. Oh, he's fast, but he's a tweener. I like him. He's the kind of guy you look at, he's like, where do you play on the football field? Because he's, he's short and stocky. He's yeah. a little bit uh, smaller weight-wise than Miles Jack. And people kind of thought of Miles Jack as a smaller player coming out of college, even though he wasn't. He's 246 or 250. Yeah, yeah. just because he can move like yeah. that smaller player. He's an impressive guy. But So we think uh, Brown's a lock to make the team. Like we said, he's going to be a special teamer and a primary backup at linebacker. Jalen Myrick, who we mentioned before, he's going to make the team by default. He's the fifth corner on the team, maybe the fourth if he can surpass Josh Johnson uh, in training camp. He's certainly got the speed to stick with anyone on the football field. I think that's another, I mean, it's a guy you can throw a gunner. Yeah. So it's, it's a depth yeah. thing, and he's fast, fast as hell. He's a big body. I mean, so. Yeah. He's a, was he the fastest guy at the combine this year? Four the two fastest. Eight? Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Having besides, that type of speed is besides impressive. John Ross. Besides John Ross, well, John Ross is what four two seven. No, he, no, no, he, he was, was like four two one nine. Yeah, was it? Sorry, he he was something. I thought it was like four two. I thought it was like four two three. I know he broke the record. Yeah, at the combine <laughs> and lost out on a big payday. Yeah, fast as hell. Could have had his own island. I know. <laughs> yep. Now, the last guy we already talked about, Marquez Williams, seventh round pick. We all think he's going to make the team, but he does have to beat out Bohannon. Do you think the Jaguars? Even if Bohannon looks better right now, might just keep Williams just because they think he's going to be better by the end of the season? Uh, I think an old way of thinking is if they're both similar in skill set and they're both similar in what they're doing on the field and everything, keep you keep the young guy. Yeah. And I Even don't, if the young guy is slightly behind. You, you, I mean, I also think that he was drafted and 
Tommy Bohannon did not play in the league last year. There's a reason. That's true. There's a reason. So. Yeah, that's true. But you know, that's you, you just never, point. you yeah. just never know. Now let's get into some of these undrafted free agents. Let's go around the table here and just talk about one guy that we really, we really like in terms of potentially finding a roster spot. Let's start yeah, with you, I, Scott. I like. I'm a little conflicted here. I'm. I, I'm always going to root for Caleb Blewett. You know, he's he's my Texas guy. He's a tight end who started out a defensive end and switched back and forth. He was always a leader of the team. He was always, you know, at Coach Strong, one of Coach Strong's guys, you know, just always there for him, win or lose. Um, he's a guy, he's going to be a blocker. Losses, right? well, a lot of losses. Yeah, no, a bowl game? yeah no, he, he, I'm good. He, he, he <laughs> uh, but, no, he's, he's going to be a blocking tight end. He might be a Mercedes Lewis type, maybe not as refined as a pass catcher, um, but the, the he, I gotta mention him. But my my real answer is um, is um, this Carol Phillips out of Illinois, Dwayne Smoot's uh, play uh, teammate teammate counterpart on the other end. He's he's. At a position where there's a lot of question marks right now with Dante Fowler, what, what's really going on with him? Yeah, and just the premier position in general. I mean, he had nine sacks last year. Um, you know, he's he's a guy who we. I'm excited to see what he looks like. You know, coming in the preseason. Yeah, uh, someone said it. It might have been Mike K. He's a name. Undrafted free agent. Yeah, like, you know who he is. You he's on him. A, he's on a on an e- a list on ESPN or something like guys who didn't get drafted. Yeah, to know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's definitely a good candidate. Hunter, what you got? I'm going with the uh, the local guy, Justin Horton. All right. So a linebacker from JU. I hope he does. Uh, that would hope. be such a great story. Yeah. It would. And he would be the first JU player to make it into the NFL. Yeah, which would be awesome. But, I mean, I think he fits. I think he's a guy that can play football. He's not blazing speed, but he's a 4'6 guy. Um, 6'1", about 240, so I think he could play that will position. And if you throw him on the practice squad, not knowing what happens with Telvin in a year or so with the, the contract, I think he's a guy that you could keep around for a little bit, not cost anything for you, and is also a good story slash it's a local guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, I've got two guys I want to look at. Amba Etatawo, who has uh, got a nice connection with Keenan McCardell. That's probably the only reason he ended up here. But he's another guy that, based on what you saw from him in college, he looked like he should have been drafted. Uh, he's not huge, but he's over 200 pounds and over 6 feet tall. He's got the ability. Uh, he seems like a good candidate for the practice squad. The only way he would really be able to prove himself to be a real roster spot would be to be a better gunner than Aurelius Bennett, yeah. which or I don't see happening. if he somehow becomes a returner, punt returner or something. Yeah, which that doesn't seem likely yeah. either with D.D. Westbrook and Rashad Green battling and for those I mean, this, this guy, he was a second and third team All-American by different by different um, yeah. projectors. Uh, I mean, this guy, he's got talent. He might be more of a receiver than Ben. Well, I mean, he went for over 250 yards last year in a game. That's great. That's insane. Now, he's clearly got the talent. It's just to be a fourth or fifth kind of receiver, you got to be able to do special teams, and you got to be able to do it better than some of the proven guys that are already on the yeah. team. Yeah. Now Hunter Demick, he led 
college football in sacks last year. He got almost 30 sacks in his career. He's out of Utah, defensive end. He's a guy that will probably be battling with Carol Phillips to try to make the roster. Uh, they'll be battling with uh, Jonathan Woodard, who was a draft pick last year, to maybe be the fifth defensive end. Uh, Dimmick, he's not your typical defensive end. He'd be more of like a strong side defensive end slash a guy that might could move inside to play some tackle if he beefed up a bit. But with that college production and the high motor, got to see what this guy has. And the Jaguars don't have a solid fifth option at defensive end to where you could definitely say Hunter Dimmick won't be that guy. No, I just think he's a little bit of a tweener. Yeah. Um, you just don't – I don't know where he's going to end up. Not very yeah. athletic at all. No. Just a bull rush, just powerful guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, Avery Genesee's another guy we kind of like. He's an offensive tackle at Texas A&M, converted to guard. Probably not going to make the active roster this year. Actually, absolutely won't, based on yeah. all the great, the great uh, depth on the offensive line there. But he could definitely be a practice squad guy to watch down the, future, down the road for the future. Now, we're going to wrap up our episode today. It's been a condensed episode. We had some technical difficulties. More on some time constraints here. So, Chris Ivory... Versus TJ Yeldon. Keep one, let one walk. Who's it going to be? To me, it's got to be Chris Ivory. I mean, he's... That's your uh, keep? Uh, keep, yeah. I mean, he's he's more of an every-down back. He's led the AFC in rushing. He's shown the physicality. And even in a bad year, he's flashed last year, showing the kind of talent that he has. I know... T.J. Yeldon can find his way out of a, a muddled pocket, you know. If there's not necessarily a clear running lane for him, he's pretty shifty. But Yeldon, to me, he's not. He's kind of more similar to a Leonard Fournette. Ooh. Well, not sim, but he's Say what? not as like <laughs> thunder and lightning. He's not a, 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 a change of pace back like T.J. Yeldon could be. Wait, I I'm disagree. Confused. So you're taking I you're taking Chris Ivory. I'm taking Ivory. Oh, I'm, going, I'm going TJ Yeldon. Yeah, me too. You're going TJ Yeldon? Yeah. I think it's for the same reasons. Yeah, okay. TJ's a great third down back. He can block. Uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's an effective runner outside and inside. He doesn't have the breakaway speed. In terms of big play potential, Ivory all day. But TJ Yeldon's younger. He has more potential. And in short spaces, he really is an explosive Ooh. athlete. Yeah. I think... I think T.J. Yeldon, just because T.J. Yeldon and Leonard Fournette is what they wanted T.J. Yeldon and Chris Ivory to be. Yeah. So why would you get rid of the guy you were that was supposed to be the Thunder and Lightning you know, tag I think, team? I think Ivory's I a better football player. I don't see Chris Ivory. Chris That's Ivory. Fair. I don't. Yeah. I don't agree. But I think Chris Ivory gets lost on in the mix of things if it's just him and uh, Leonard Fournette because they're so similar. Then I mean. It just doesn't make I mean, sense. You want Fournette out there as much as possible, and who do you want out there in a third down situation on third I'm taking and long? TJ do you Yeldon. want Yeldon or Ivory? I want I think, Yeldon. I think TJ Yeldon's ability to pass block is huge, and I think his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is very, very understated. Like, I don't think to people me, take it into consideration. <laughs> to me, if you want to go power, go power all the way. Eh, Force yeah, it fair. down people's throat. I mean, I get Every, that, make, but TJ Yeldon can run power. He did it. Yeah. For three years. He ain't Chris Ivory, though. Uh, no. As far as physicality. That's why he got. Like, right. We'll see what ends up happening. 
Maybe Corner. both of them will make the team. <laughs> Maybe not. We don't really know what's going to happen with that running back position. It'll be interesting. But that's going to wrap up our show today. This show and every show presented by Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram <laughs> at Bold City Brewery. And uh, you can follow Scott Klein at ScottKlein1 on Twitter. Follow Hunter Evans at CoachH underscore Evans. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. And make sure to check out GenJag.com for all the latest news and analysis. And follow Gen Jag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because we're the best damn Jaguars uh, coverage for social media accounts that's out there, in my opinion. I don't think it's really I close. I agree. Especially Instagram. We're, we're really blowing it out of the water over there, not to toot our own horn. But that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for listening to us today, everybody. And we're sorry we had to cut our show a little bit short. We'll get into all the content that we wanted to get into today, next week. And uh, have a great day, Duval. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the GenJag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at GenJag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time.